Hello and welcome to the Broadcast Tech Talks podcast, TV industry podcast from the Broadcast Tech team. Airspeeder is the world's first racing series for flying electric cars. The first competitive races were last year, I believe, uh, with the remotely piloted EXA series, which navigate tracks in the sky in a series of close proximity races. And Stephen will be able to tell us a lot more about this very exciting new format. And um, and we've got Ben folks here as well from Base Media Cloud. With Stephen Sidlow from Airspeeder. We're going to be talking about their partnership on this project and building an end-to-end digital media workflow. Um, I'll hand over to uh, Stephen first, I think, to, to give an overview of Airspeeder. Uh, flying cars, flying electric cars, all sounds very exciting, Stephen. Yeah, um, when I hear it back, um, I do. I always get a little bit of excitement from whoever talks about it, really, but it's, it's that's right. Um, yeah, thanks, Jake. I think the... Kind of easiest way to, to sort of position this is we are the formula one in the sky so um the best way to kind of come at it which is 10 speeders or 10 vehicles all competing within sort of three kilometers um but airborne so um new forms of transportation um these vehicles go around 150 kilometers an hour currently but we're going to go up to 300 kph when we have someone on board um, these huge systems we've got to put in place, everything from what media looks like, but also what infrastructure looks like. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is flying, flying race, racing in the sky and, and, and flying cars. Um, and it's never been done before. And, uh, and that's part and parcel of, of why we're working with base. These uh, will be piloted vehicles, but initially, uh, from my understanding, is they're not. So, yeah, what, what's the first stage and then what's the kind of, you know, the end point you're looking to get to? Yeah, initially, um, the Exa series uh, stands for external aviator, so or remotely piloted uh, for the layman. And I think you know, we we're doing that just to build uh, and test systems again. So um, before we put someone on board, we need to test our autonomous return to home functions. We need to test the um, safety systems on board. We also need to test the uh, the sporting rules and regulations. What does this sport look like? And the only way we really want to do that is when if we don't have um, someone on board, a pilot on board. So we thought we'd create a um, an F2 to F1 or a remotely remotely piloted version, but that throws up an even bigger you know bigger challenges. How do we how do we control these vehicles over 5G without any latency? How do we how do we do that safely and uh, the engineers in the company will tell you it's a lot harder controlling autonomous flying machines than it is piloted. So right. <laughs> uh, we've done it. We've done it. But we've done it upside down to what everybody wants. But um, it's much harder this way. But it's the right let, going left to right is the best way. Um, yeah. Who knows though? I think for the Exa series, we might want to continue as a sport. You know, we kind of tap into our audiences like drone racing fans and uh and e-gamers etc um but i know deep down uh why the reason why i joined the company is yeah let's let's do a real formula one uh grand prix in the sky with people on board that's what that's the holy grail with um this series at the moment uh yeah i know you've been over to australia to to start testing this in the deserts and and, big wide open areas there um so uh ben how are you kind of capturing content from these uh this initial sort of set of tests and um kind of what what is 
you know, what, what's the sort of end point in terms of the content that you want to create? Where's it going to be distributed? And how are you grabbing that content in the first place? Yeah, thanks, Jake. I think, first of all, this is a super exciting project for me because I'm a massive technology geek and racing fan and big into motorsport. And when I first started speaking to Stephen about it, I was laughing about the relevance back to back to the future and like <laughs> flying cars. So it's a fun project. And uh, the fact it's so innovative and forward thinking really maps and aligns with base and our strategy. We're always looking at like new things, new ways to do things, new tech. So because we're a multi-cloud media services provider, we'll, we'll typically go into an account and work with the customer to figure out what they need, what their workflow challenge is, what they're trying to do, and then we'll build a solution, like tailor it to them. So Stephen and I have known each other for a number of years now on different across different businesses. And this, this was a great example of where the brand new sport wanted to get maximum exposure to the fans, had a large amount of video content to produce in a short space of time, and the challenge of some remote crazy locations. So what we've done, phase one of the project was how do we get all of our videos like centralized, um, viewable, tagged, searchable, and create a distribution hub? Because I believe from when we signed the contract or when you had your first video release and press launch, it was like literally a week or so that we had to turn it around. So it was very fast, fast paced, which we like. So phase one was, um, yeah, ingesting closed files, putting them into an asset management solution and providing a kind of branded hub to be able to distribute out to the various um, partners. But but that's really simple. Like we, we do that all day long. And the thing that we're both excited about is the next-gen technology challenges that are coming down the line. And, and this is stuff that my CTO, Damon, and I have looked at for years. It's around um, data lakes and centralizing data and pulling um, data from things like uh, LiDAR, radar, sensor data, video data, blending that together in the cloud and making it usable. And there's a whole new like world opening up in this space, especially in motorsport and in racing and also in autonomous vehicle technology. And it's something we've been looking at for years. So I can't say too much, but I think in terms of roadmap, this is not going to be a regular cloud storage of media library system. It's going to be a much more interesting tech project. And is this related to the, the tracks in the sky and, and the kind of navigation of these vehicles to some degree? Yes, it is. I think, um, you know, um, yeah, yeah, you have to build a foundation, and that's what um, myself and Ben have been working on. Which is, um, you know, how do we do all of the not the easy things, but how do we do the things that are um, regular within the sports sports industry? So, media asset management solutions, getting every all the all the existing content into um, in, into the platform. How do we get distribution out from that? That's not the easy part, but it's step one. Step two step three and step four is how do we do that with audio how do we do that with graphics how do we do that with data that doesn't really um uh, it's never been quantified before it's never been it's never been ingested before this and these are new types of, 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 of mobility solutions and um, there's different types of telemetry that you would find in our craft than you would a plane or a uh, a car on the ground so um for Ben and his team and the company at base, it's how we can then um, replicate what we've done with video into other things. And how do we knit all of that together? So um, it's a huge undertaking and um, the, the tracks are just one element of that. So um, for instance, three weeks before we go to a race, I have to send a drone out to LIDAR scan an environment 
to understand um, you know, where the speed is going to be in that space. And then we have to put that into Unreal Engine and then paint a track. Once we get the telemetry, once we understand where these speeders have raced, then we have to knit that with um, with graphics. We have to knit that with the, the drone content, the on onboard con video content, and everything has to work semi seamlessly. I'm not going to say this is going to work overnight because it's it's just never been done before. So we have to think two, three, four chess moves ahead um, yeah. where we want to be. So. Um, a lot of my sort of push to, to base and Ben and the team is like, we have to be quick to do the, all the video um, and, and get all that into the system. How do we then do that remote editing, fix that remote editing challenge? Because we have audio coming next, we have graphics coming next, we have telemetry coming next. And this is just a, a huge iterative scalable project mm. um and then on top of that so five six chess moves ahead we're talking about the teams independently doing this so just you know that the, there'll be there'll be 10 teams and they'll each have to have that solution right. so this is a monster <laughs> in a sense and it starts with video it starts with the, the what has gone on before and and that's why uh that's why we're working together because we just need that foundation we need to kick on from here though yeah, you, do, you touched on something quite interesting there around um, the remote working part. Uh, one of the big challenges with this series is you've got teams located in Australia and the UK and other locations that all need to collaborate, and you actually couldn't do it with hardware. It's just not, the physics don't work. Mm. So um, we're currently working on a, a pilot to um, optimize shared storage and have like a global shared file system in the cloud and remote edit stations in the cloud so that you can be shooting the racing and have people working in different time zones and publishing the content online for distribution. And, you know, you just, you basically can't do that with the old tech. It has to be um, online and cloud-based. So that's a really quick win that we can do together to help um, yeah. as well as the more long-term thinking. And I imagine to try and put this out live with all of the additional graphics and data that you're talking about and, uh, this kind of unreal environment. How do you go from what's happening literally at the moment to what the viewer sees? How long does that take? <laughs> uh, Jake, my boss always says to me, Matt Pearson, he always says, I've, I've created flying car racing, so anything is possible now. So <laughs> go and get it working. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that type of pressure happens. But right. um, uh, I think it, live won't come around for a, a three or four years. I think we want to get the, we want to get the racing right and safety system, right. And uh, we're not, we're not necessarily looking at that yet, which is a blessing for me and Ben, because we can just build all of this for, for post and get the system up and running first. But yeah, um, touch wood, there's no live just yet, but the ambition is yeah, in the future. Yeah. Live motorsport for sure. And when's uh, what time scales are we looking at for the first kind of televised races of the EXA series? We want to get a season of EXA races, remote EXA races up and running, so okay, three sure. or four in parallel, put someone on board and do testing. So 12 to 18 months is, is kind of a, a place where we've got all of that system in place. I think we'll be we'll be looking to do broadcast at that, that, that stage. The conversation is starting now, but um, we want to be sure. I think we, we're coming at this differently where we building the product first, building the, the, the vehicles first, testing them, building the, the, the scope of it. In parallel, all these systems are being turned on. And then we'll kind of have that package to go straight to a partner or a broadcast partner or a platform and say, look, we have it all now. 
um let's just hit the button and go rather than try and sell it too soon before we've proved it yeah and one thing as well that uh, we should also talk about it sounds really interesting these robot aviators that uh, i've been reading about which uh let me see what i've got here it says uh, uh analytical data for the robot aviators that takes the place of the pilots they digitally receive remote inputs and mimic the movements of the human pilot on the ground and uh yes it does feel about this sounds intriguing yeah the i mean we have to have a ballast in there that that, that is the you know that supports the weight of a, of a human pilot so we figured right. that a human would be moving around somewhat um it sounds quite cyborgy jake but it's not as um it's more marketing speak i would say with that one than anything <laughs> from our from our uh, esteemed colleagues in the press department but i think it's more that we wanted to create a weight and a distribution of movement in there that that can mimic a human and and but it is gathering data and it is being controlled from the ground so a little bit of a license there but it is it is part and parcel of, of data gathering that we do that yeah yeah and is that more stuff that you have to handle ben not yet but if you think about the roadmap of um pulling all of these data streams putting them into a central data lake and then running things like AI against them to get useful insights, that's going to be part of the longer term project. And that's mm. honestly kind of what excites me and the, and the leadership team the most. And partly it's because um, what Airspeed are doing is quite revolutionary, but it, like with all new things, it's going to pull up a whole new industry and a whole new tech space. Um, and we know from our other motorsports clients, we work with in electric vehicle race, electric vehicle racing and such like, as well as our gaming industry clients, that there's just an emerging need for more data streams to be consolidated and made useful. There's just so much data flying around and it's no longer just about video files and premier project files. Now you've got all this ancillary stuff that has to be handled and that's where uh, we see big growth opportunities. I was, at, um, I was at the Goodwood Festival of Speed at the weekend and I was speaking to the guys at uh, the Bloodhound Project, which is like the land speed record guys, and they were telling me the challenges that they've got with having a drone that, that is fast enough to catch their vehicle with someone in it. And so they're looking for um, uh, haptic suits for the driver um, in or pilot in that ground-based vehicles, which is what we're looking at as well. So the new forms of data is actually the vital signs of those pilots on board. So, you know, the um, when we talk about it, it's you'll uh, the pilot will know if there's a, uh, you know, a competitor behind them on their left shoulder because it will tap them um, on the haptic suit or shake their hand. And we need to, that needs to be relayed to a ground station and, and turned into graphics that, mm. and, and becomes more immersive for an audience member or someone watching this through VR. So Ben's right. There's, there's, there's no shortage of data. <laughs> it's, it's, it's capturing it and putting it into a system that, or even creating a system that, uh, that means that we could create content out the back of it. And it's, for me, it's not been done at this scale before because keep coming back to this, but take away the sport. No one's ever done this type of, uh, uh, built this type of transportation before. So we're writing the rules from, mm. from, from the ground up. And when you're doing that and working with a, a company such as BASE, how does it work compared to a traditional broadcast? This is quite a different approach because you need to get all the workflow and being able to handle all this uh, data as well as the video and sort of merge it into something that you can then do something with, i.e. what BASE are doing. But then you've also got the, you know, in this case, Aurora, who are the production company. How do you all get together and make sure that this is all making sense to everyone? We have to start with 
remote relationships, remote structures, remote communication, um, uh, remote platforms. And I think it's it's iterative and it's it, it's a challenge to start from remote first, but actually it's going to benefit us all in the long run because we just built it for remote rather than the other way around. Um, so it's the same relationship with Aurora and with Base. And with Base, they've already worked with Aurora previously and they, they, we've got very similar workflows and, and ways that we do things. So right. there's a common language, I think, between, between all parties here. Um, but yeah. To make it easier, we, we've worked with Aurora, Base have worked with Aurora since 2014, um, and I've worked with them since the company was founded in sort of post-production workplace, so we've got a really good alignment, and they're actually one of our biggest partners in sport, um, and I think I think it may even be how we originally met one another, Stephen, was you were interested in what we've been doing with Formula E racing, so it's it, it works really well, and their team have got a really great understanding of cloud workflows and how to implement them into a host broadcast, so I mean, that's perfect. We can all specialize and do what we're best at. Yeah. And uh, the, the sort of things that you're putting together now, will this change completely once you have the uh, the piloted vehicles uh, that will you know, eventually replace the, or, or at least complement the EXA series? Or is this stuff that you can sort of, you know, transition over into these very, very fast uh, races that you'll have that are manned? Transition over, I think, is 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 the best um, uh, best way, uh, best analogy to, to use the example to use here. I think um, all of the work that we're doing in EXA um, can transition over. I think that's the, that for us, that's the point of EXA. We're not we don't have all the answers. It's a development series. It's here to answer the questions on how we do things, put the systems in place, and then we transport that over to Airspeeder for the for the premium Grand Prix race series. There's elements that are gonna be um that gonna change. For instance, one of my problems at the moment is um is the amount of filming drones in the air and those gathering data um and how that gets turned into content. Um, so the drones obviously will get bigger and better over the next sort of three to four years. And we have to find a system that will be able to um, fly them with our speeders. So they have to have collision avoidance systems on for, for, for one better example. Um, and that will iterate and change the different types of, of, of cameras and drones that we put up in the sky will change. But um, ultimately, EXA is here to um to to be step one and we'll 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 just keep we'll just keep growing as as other motorsports do there's things that will change um things that will plug and play in and out but ultimately we want to build the system through exa and then and then hop it over fair enough and obviously before we finish i need to ask well you know again time scales for these crude races the ones that are you know, going to be massively headline grabbing once <laughs> once they're up and running yeah what, what, what are we looking at for that Stephen? <laughs> I've had I've had this question asked so many times. It's uh, I've got the same same answer really. I where where we are today is we're looking at our first hover tests this year, um, and that's going to be done by uh, those from military. And um, uh, once those have been gone out of the way, you think you're looking at you know Felix Bubnagada jumping from space, one of those key moments that happens. Definitely. And once we go from that. We'll do a. Um, it will get. It will set a Guinness a Guinness record for fastest um, EV toll vehicle as well. Um, and once we've done that, we'll have a good system in place to to start racing. But I can't 
put a date on it, it would be post 12 months. We've got to build a vehicle as well that's safe for them. Uh, and there's a lot of testing that, that's involved there too. So um, just on a side note, I think we've got the racing itself, but we also have all the testing that happens with the, those pilots. So that's a lot of simulator testing. It's a lot of, it's a lot of um, like, uh, <laughs> 360 orbs that you have VR headsets and haptic suits and you spin them around and test them inside Unreal Engine in a game environment. That's just data hungry and we want to capture in that as well. So there's a big jump between where we are with EXA into simulating and testing for safety and then into race. So that we're, we're going to start approaching that very soon. So 12 to 18 months, um, we should be in a good spot. Amazing. Do you have pilots sort of lining up to volunteer to do this thing? Yes, we've had a lot of interest, a lot of interest, I think. But I, I normally say the same thing, which I've got a driving license, but that doesn't um, that doesn't give me uh, kind of uh, any experience in an F1 car. A lot of people have pilot's licenses, but, you know, it doesn't transition over too much. You need the racing gene. And we, so we're looking at pulling pilots from the, you know, F fighter pilots and 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 Formula One, Formula E, and um and yeah, just 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 uh, those on the very edge of uh, of sanity, yeah, in this in this in this world. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Ben, do you have anything else to add that we haven't covered already? When can I sign up? I'd quite like to fly one of these things. <laughs> it's like a, it's a boyhood dream to do uh, fighter pilot and stunt flying. So maybe one day. You are. It's one of your first pilots uh, for you there, Stephen. Well, if you head to if you head to airspeeder.com and uh, you can sign up to be a pilot, I can't guarantee you'll you put in a good word. I can't, I can't guarantee you'll go through, but um, you can definitely sign up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us. I'll see you next time for the next episode of the Broadcast Tech Talk series.